Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 3 of the Eccles Business Buzz Podcast. I'm your host, Francis Johnson. I'm so glad you've joined us as we continue to explore the topic of continuous curiosity. This season, we're talking all about what curiosity is, why it's so important, and what roadblocks sometimes prevent us from being curious. We'll also hear from people who pursue their curiosities into new degrees, professions, and passions. Today, I'm joined by husband and wife team and U of U alums, Josh and Becca Hadley. Josh and Becca are co-founders of an eight-figure e-commerce business, Hadley Designs. They both graduated from the University of Utah in 2014, Josh with his MBA from the David Eccles School of Business, and Becca with her degree in early childhood education. After graduation, Josh and Becca started a custom wedding invitation business. Since then, their business has pivoted into a stationary empire with over 1,300 products. Josh and Becca are committed to keeping manufacturing jobs in the U.S. and are proud to say that all of their products are made here in the USA. They love working on their business together as they raise their three children in Dallas, Texas, which is where they are joining us from today. Josh and Becca, thank you so much for being here. Happy to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us. Let's dive in. This season, we're talking all about curiosity, continuous curiosity. And one way that we can manifest or experience curiosity is by pursuing an interest or following an idea down a path that we weren't necessarily expecting. As we heard from the intro, an MBA, a degree in early childhood education. I'm not sure either of you started your time at the U thinking we're going to build a stationary empire. So tell us a little bit to start about what you were expecting to do. We moved to Texas right after graduation. So Josh had an offer from American Airlines from his MBA. And when we moved here, it was like, all right, it's time to get a real job, you know. So I I looked at a couple different early education preschools and things like that. And I wasn't excited and it didn't feel right. And I wanted to follow my passion of art and design, which is not what I majored in, obviously. And thankfully, since Josh had a great job lined up, I was able to stay home and teach myself graphic design. And I absolutely loved it. It was really the, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. So I was able to follow that interest and that passion. And it's been awesome. Josh, how about from your perspective? Yeah, from my point of view, it was graduating and then starting at American Airlines. But there was always something innate within me. I was always the kid with the candy stand on the corner of the street growing up. And so I always had kind of entrepreneurship flowing through my veins, so to speak. And so there was always this like curiosity for starting new businesses and looking for new opportunities. And so even though, you know, I got my full-time job offer with American Airlines, it was just a few short months after we started at American Airlines that Becca had learned graphic design and she's like, hey, I want to explore, you know, doing some wedding invitations for people. And that's really where the business started. And so it, it came from that, you know, always being curious, right? Looking for new ways to grow personally and professionally. I think this is so interesting because you both started in one direction, but never sort of left that curiosity behind. I think it's a great example that just because we've started down one path doesn't mean that all the other options are closed to us or that we have to stay 
in that space or on that path for a long time or longer than we want to, we can still be exploring these passions, these curiosities, even if we're starting in a different direction. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that continuous education is one of the most important things, even as we've hired our own team for the business now. One of the main core values that we have for the business is that we're never satisfied with the status quo. We are always seeking to learn and to improve all of our processes. Josh, you were also involved with the Lassonde Entrepreneur Institute while you were here at the U. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that. You mentioned always kind of being the kid with a candy stand on the corner, this entrepreneurial creative spirit that you've always had. Talk about your experience at Lassonde and how that helped maybe spark that curiosity or keep it alive during your time at the U. The Lassonde Entrepreneur Institute was honestly one of the most pivotal experiences in my entire life. So I owe a debt of gratitude to Pierre Lassonde, and I thank him every single time that I, I get the chance to see him. His donation and everything that Troy D'Ambrosio has been able to create with the Lassonde Center has changed numerous lives and mine as well. During my final year of my MBA, I was in the new venture development program there at the Lassonde Institute. And so that's where I got to work on one of the businesses that actually submitted to the Utah Entrepreneur Challenge. And just great to see, like, how do you take a business idea from ideation into actually implementing it and watching it become a real life business? And that business I worked on was Doxy.me. And it's still a thriving business today. And so for me, that entire experience, like it inspired me with the idea for like, you can really like whatever you dream up, if you find the market for it, you can go and and make your dreams come true. And so for me, it it did give me that inspiration to pursue my dreams and passions. And it just kind of opened up my, my mind to the world of possibilities with entrepreneurship. I think that's such an amazing thing about the Lassonde Entrepreneur Institute is what you say, opening up our minds to possibilities and really providing some hands-on practical experience that you can say, oh, okay, if this is how I took this business from like idea to market, then maybe I can use those same principles, those same methods, even sometimes those same connections and networks for the next idea that I have. Becca, I'd love to hear from your perspective, any experiences, classes, connections you had at the U that helped you explore or develop the curiosity that ultimately led to your business? Yeah, so I was in early childhood education as well as psychology. I definitely had some really great professors that just supported creativity in general. What really drew me towards early childhood education was the opportunity to create activities and lesson plans. Like that's what I loved about it was the creation process. And I think the head of the department there and the the various professors there were so supportive of trying new ideas and exploring different opportunities and providing you with the resources to do so and to really thrive in the creativity aspect of everything. So I think that's why I loved it so much and was drawn towards it is because it was kind of filling that creativity need for me. And so just the support there was, I think, inspiring to always just 
pursue new things, try new things. You know, there's really no such thing as failure until you give up. And so I think just the support there was incredible. And I think just continuing education, as Josh was saying, it was always, we were always learning and trying new things. Well, Becca, I think your story is a great parallel to what Josh shared as well. We're developing these skills that can be applied in lots of different ways. And it sounds like your experience was really similar. What you loved about early childhood education was this creativity, this innovation. And that's something that we can take to lots of different places. I think the other common thread is really this encouragement that you both received through your programs, from your friends, your professors, to really fail safely and trust that there were people there really rooting you on and and there to catch you. And I would assume that that's also now, as you run a business together, what you do for each other, right, is a little bit of push, a little bit of pull. Tell us from American Airlines, from early childhood education, how did the idea coalesce and really come together around the business itself? I started off just doing every free work possible I could. I made countless Christmas cards and random miscellaneous stationary products. But when it really started to take shape was when my friend was getting married. So Josh and I were already married at this point. My friend was getting married and I created her wedding invitation. And it was fun. It just, it really filled my cup of creativity. I enjoyed the whole process. And that's what got us started into the wedding side of the business. I mean, there's there's good money in wedding invitations. You know, people are excited about their wedding. It's an investment in their lives. And so there's it was a great opportunity for us, for our designs. And so the hard thing was is that they were all just, you know, one-time customers for their wedding. And so we were trying to find a way that we could really utilize my time better designing. And so, you know, Josh being the entrepreneur was like, oh, what can we do with this? And so he started as we talked about, furthering his education into different kind of e-commerce. So he studied a lot about Amazon and all these and Etsy, you know, all these different things, which led to us launching our very first product on Amazon, which was a recipe card. And so that was our first product that we printed. We sent it to Amazon. We did FBA. They fulfilled it for us and it did really well. And that was kind of the start of our Amazon journey of transitioning from brides to creating stationery to be bought online. Yeah. So we knew we wanted to create a business that could scale, right? And so Amazon allowed us to scale. So it allowed Becca to create one design and then we could go mass produce it. And then you have our manufacturer ship it all to Amazon. And then Amazon does all of the shipping and logistics to get it to the end customer. And so it really like changed our business. And so our first full year on Amazon, we actually did over seven figures just in our first year on Amazon. And we immediately were like, all right, this is where it's at. And so at that point, that's when we started retiring the custom wedding invitation side of the business and just continued to go down the path of finding new product ideas that we could release. Becca's one of the best designers in the world. I think that that's been proven in the number of times that we go into a very competitive market and Becca's designs just speak for themselves. And so we'll quickly rise to being one of the top sellers in that category, not because I have some magical power ranking things on Amazon, but because Becca's so good at designing things. I'm curious about the moment when you felt like, okay, yes, this is something that we can do and that we want to do for 
forever, right? Not that we're ever doing anything forever, but this is our next step. This is our next path. When was the moment that it felt right? Was it this Amazon success or was it something else where you felt like our curiosity has been satisfied and this is where we want to be and where we want to grow? Yeah, I think it was a few months into selling on Amazon as we, like Becca had mentioned, we put our first listing up on Amazon as like recipe cards. But then we started creating new listings and new products on Amazon. And once we started to see traction on those, I was like, this is just a numbers game. The more products I launch, the more money. And there's endless opportunities for us to put designs on various different products. That's kind of the point where I was like, wow, there's like endless opportunities with this business. And this is also very scalable. So I ended up being at American Airlines for five years, even though our business started just a few months after joining American Airlines. And so I see American Airlines as that was kind of like my venture capital funding, so to speak, because I would go to work there. And in the evenings, I would come home and we'd be working until midnight, 1, 2 a.m. And that was just the cycle that we did for literally five years until it was like, all right, our business can support us and we can start taking a salary out of it. And so for us, we bootstrapped the whole business, but we did it and we grew at a maybe a slower pace. But in order for a physical products business, like cash flow is so important. And so every time we made money, it's like, all right, invest it in new products. And so now we've created a bigger flywheel that allows us to continue to grow. But that's a little bit about, you know, how we kind of felt that initial like bit of success. And it's like, ah, there's room to run here. I love that room to run. We have to test things, right? To figure out how much space do I have here to grow? How strong of legs does this idea have? Amazon sounds like a really pivotal turning point, a big success. But what about the flip side? Some problems that you faced in the beginning and how did you use some curiosity to try to address them and solve them, especially as a two-person team, still for a lot of years, a little bit of a side hustle. How did you get curious about solving some of the problems that you faced? We have definitely have had our fair share of problems. You know, it's not all roses when you look at it. You know, you look back on it and it's like, oh, yeah, it was great. But we definitely ran into so many different walls and issues, whether it be you know, issues printing, whether they printed something wrong, we ship it all in and people are getting the wrong product. Or I mean, there you could go on and on with the issues. But the way that I've always loved to look at problems and Josh as well is looking at them as one, as opportunities. You know, what can we learn from this? How can we better our process? How can we better this experience for the future so we don't run into this again? I think every problem is really a learning experience and you have to look at it from that positivity curiosity standpoint to really overcome those problems or they can just really overwhelm you. But I think also I always look at it as, you know, like when the going gets tough, that's when people quit, you know, and that's always been a motivation to me is that I know that we're never going to give up when the issues arise that feel so overwhelming. That's always been a strength to me is I know that we have each other and I know that we both are super motivated and we're super curious And we're always going to further our education and become better and learn from problems. And I feel like, you know, when one of us starts to like slack or get down, it's nice to have that other person to boost you up. And I think this is such a great thing about curiosity is that it does propel us 
to keep trying even when we do fail and sort of changes the narrative about failure a little bit, right? Turns those experiences, like you're saying, Becca, into opportunities. We have one more thing to be curious about, one more thing to try to solve and to work through. But I also love what you said that you know you're never going to give up and you know Josh is never going to give up. And this is something else interesting that has come out a little bit this season that I hadn't thought of before with curiosity, that it really only works if we turn it into action. We can be really curious about things, just sort of like mulling them over in our minds, but curiosity doesn't have a chance to really take root or make a transformational change in our lives, in our business, in our families, unless we really act on it. So I also love this dynamic that you described and sort of what we said a little bit earlier, just in this episode, that it's a balance, it's a push and a pull. When one person is a little down, the other person lifts them up and how important that support is also to curiosity because it's work, you know? We think sometimes, oh, it's fun to be curious and to wonder, but to turn that into something meaningful, it takes a lot of effort. Yeah, I think you have to channel that curiosity too to overcome doubt and fear, which is what can creep in to overcome problems or even to start our business, you know, to overcome the doubts of like, oh, no one will like our designs. No one will buy anything. Or, oh, this is so much work. I think you have to channel all your energy into the curiosity side of it rather than letting your fear and doubt overcome or the hard work. Like you said, it's not easy. And so focusing on the curiosity of it all. To that point as well is going back to just testing and experimenting with a bunch of new ideas, right? We've launched a lot of products. We've seen a lot of products fail. We've seen a lot of products succeed as well, right? It's kind of never giving up and it's always just kind of like testing different stuff out. We actually, you know, there was a time where we kind of pivoted the business for a minute to like, hey, maybe we should focus on a blog and creating digital files We had the plans of like becoming the go-to source for digital files. We spent like a year and a half working on that, even though it never really came to fruition. And so it's really like listening to the customers at the end of the day and then doubling down and listening to what they're saying and, and serving those customers. At the end of the day, business is very easy. It comes down to just serving other people, understanding their needs and doing better at serving them than the competition which is a form of curiosity itself. We have to be curious about the market. We have to be curious about our customers. We have to be curious about people to really deliver what they want. I think this is a great segue into something that I've talked to the two of you about just briefly before, which is the way that your business pivoted with COVID. So you mentioned testing out different things, looking at different ways to pivot your business that maybe didn't work as well, But COVID really changed the demand for some of your products, especially event-related products. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that experience and the role that Curiosity played in changing your approach, changing your products, meeting that sort of new market need. Yeah, COVID was uh, not a good experience for us. Even though we were on Amazon and Amazon just saw explosive growth during COVID, right, as many of us know. For us, it was the exact opposite. So prior to COVID, most of our products centered around the party goods space, all right? So a lot of 
party supplies and baby shower supplies and things like that. Well, as everybody knows, when COVID came, like all of those parties just stopped overnight. And so we watched our business go from doing a thousand orders a day to we were lucky to see even like a hundred orders come through in a day. So it brought us back to like square one. And like, it was a very scary time for us. Like we started calculating like, this is our cash in the bank. This is how many days we have left until, you know, we've got to start figuring out the next plan. It was actually a really scary time for us. But what we started doing, this is kind of where the awakening occurred, so to speak. And then what we did see is like, well, on Amazon, our business might be struggling there. But can we come out with maybe some new products that are going to serve a different type of customer now? We need to move away from the party goods space, obviously. And so this is where we had that pivot, so to speak. And we launched an educational poster. Obviously, homeschooling was super big at the time. And so we came out with an educational poster. It's probably one of the most competitive spaces on Amazon. It requires a high amount of capital to invest in it. But we kind of put our eggs in that basket and we said, let's do it. These designs are about the same designs that have probably been in classrooms for the last 50 years. There hasn't been any new innovation. And so we went in there, Becca created an amazing design. And within the first couple of weeks, we were already the number two seller in one of the most competitive categories on Amazon. And at that point, like that opened up the world of opportunities for us. And what a great marriage of your educational experience, Becca, right? And now bringing that into the business in this new way to pivot and save the business. I also think something so fascinating about curiosity and living in a curious way and doing business in a curious way is that we can trust that no effort is actually wasted. We sometimes think of like productivity or accomplishment in a certain really narrow way. And we can think, oh, I got this kind of degree and then never went into that field. And so that was wasted time or that was some kind of failure. But if we're continuously learning, growing, acting in that continuously curious way, all those things have the chance to come back in a new space and in a new way. I'm curious about some other surprises that have come from your business, maybe not such big shocks like 90% of your business disappearing overnight, but some things that have been easy for you in starting and running your business that you thought, oh, that's interesting. I thought this would have been more difficult. Happy surprises. Or if anything surprised you that you thought, oh man, we, we know how to do this. And then you came up against it and realized, oh, this is actually a little bit harder than I thought. What surprised you and how did you get curious in those spaces? That's a really good question. I think for me, with a background in finance, that's my undergrad, I am well-versed in looking at P&L statements and all of that, but actually managing cash flow in a physical products business is very, very challenging. And so I found that to be much easier on paper when I was going to school. I was like, oh yeah, this stuff's easy. Like you just run the numbers, but like in practicality, running it and trying to manage it and make big purchasing decisions of, you know, hey, we're investing $250,000 in a new product launch. Those are big considerations. 
when you know you're just in school you're ah it's just a case study this is just fun money so to speak and so in the real world that that's been more challenging but glad to have that background and experience in there and what i think i have done i think surprisingly that i've been more a natural at i think has been in hiring and building a team i didn't have any background in hr but leading a team and being able to spot really really good talent has been one of the things that i would say is a natural talent of mine how about you becca anything that took you a little aback good or bad yeah, I think I walked into, you know, I'm all self-taught in graphic design, and I think it can be a lot more intimidating than I first thought, learning a brand new software and then software updates. I think I walked into it thinking like, oh, it's going to be so easy. It'll be fine. And you really have to stay dedicated and not get overwhelmed with it. But it's also, I feel like, become a strength for me as I continue to do so. I've been so so grateful and so blessed. It's so fun seeing people actually using our products. And I've also kind of started to explore the avenue of teaching other people design. And that's also already been so fulfilling seeing people tell me like, I've learned more from your videos than I've learned in my whole semester of school or whatever it may be. You know, it's it's been really fun seeing our business impact other people in a positive way has been really fulfilling and really fun. I also think this is a great example of continuous curiosity, right? Sometimes we see really successful people and we think they got there without a lot of effort because we didn't see all the work that it took beforehand, right? But then I think also we sometimes don't appreciate how much work it takes after that. Once you break through, you have your big idea, you have your big moment, you can't just coast on that forever. You have to, like you're saying, Becca, stay curious, like you've said too, Josh, what's the market asking for? What's the next trend? What's the next skill that I need to stay ahead? So really that thread of curiosity is what propels us forward. 100% agree. Yeah, for sure. What about working together? I think, Josh, you made a great point that family businesses can be really awesome or super terrible. What have you learned about each other running a business together and about yourselves? I think that it's, you know, a lot of people do say like, you don't want to go into business with your spouse, right? There's already enough drama when it comes to just regular, you know, marriage and raising kids that throwing on business issues on top of it can push things over the edge. But for Becca and I, I think that it draws us together more than anything because we have the same vision for the business and being able to see the business continue to grow and for us to eventually see our products getting onto retail store shelves and impacting thousands of people's lives, like that's where we want to get to. So for me, I feel like it strengthened our relationship, but I would also say that the reason why it works so well is that we're very clear with like who's responsible for what. So Becca's not trying to make decisions. Like she's not trying to make my decisions for me. And I'm not trying to make design decisions for her, right? Because if I were, then that's where you, you know, I could see where that friction could come in. But I think because our roles are very like clearly separated and defined, it flows very well together. What do you think, Beck? Yeah, I think the same thing that we always hear people 
that are like, I don't know how you do that. That would be terrible. You know, like it's, it's very interesting whenever we go to conferences and different things, that's usually people's first comment. But for us, it's been incredible. And I think a big part of the experience is you're at your happiest when you're pursuing learning and growth and bettering yourself. And I think by channeling our extra time and energy into our business, we're becoming better versions of ourselves and we're learning and it's very fulfilling. I think it's important to have a plan. There is a methodology behind it, right? You have to be able to like have a plan and a vision of where you're going and executing on those things. I love the quote, like planning is everything, but the plan means nothing, right? Meaning the fact that like, if you've planned things out, you now have kind of a vision of where you want to go. But when you start implementing that plan and stuff starts breaking or not working out as well as you thought it should have been, then that's where you start to pivot. But you still are pursuing your ultimate goal and and not getting distracted. And I think that's a lot of people do mistake that curiosity for distraction. And I think that's an important thing for people to understand is like, don't get distracted. Well, this is a great segue into my next question, which is about plans, specifically plans for the future. What are you hoping for your business? How do you plan to grow and how has curiosity played a role in that? Becca and I have a very clear vision of what we want for the business. We crossed eight figures this year and we see us being a hundred million dollar brand. And so what do we do to get to that point? Well, right now we're executing well on Amazon. Let's continue to do that and release new products, but then let's go multi-channel, right? Can we start doing the same thing on Etsy and on Walmart? and expanding into international locations, right? On Amazon, you got Canada, the UK, a lot of other English-speaking countries that we could sell into. And so becoming much more multi-channel and then getting into retail as well. Becca, what does the future look like to you? The day that we have a product on a Target shelf will be magical. Uh, but no, just exactly what Josh said. We have the same vision where we're really hoping to expand. Like I said in the beginning, I think it's so fulfilling and so fun to see people using our products. Well, this is my final question for today. Back just to this theme of curiosity. And I love what you said earlier, Becca, about balance and carving out right when you are a couple running a business from your home those boundaries become really important and making time for everyone to have their needs met and even their wants met is so important. So as you carve out that time, I'd love to hear from both of you. What are the things you do yourselves in your personal lives to stay curious and pursue your personal curiosities outside of your business? For me, I think this year's been exciting because Becca has started doing some stuff on TikTok, which she'll share more about that. So I won't steal her thunder. And then I've launched a podcast this year. And so I think like her and I, this is the first time, like I'm not necessarily working on her TikTok account. She's not necessarily working on my podcast. And so this is our first time where we've kind of had different, let's call them side hustles or hobbies, if you will, where we're kind of exploring new things on our own. Yeah. So like Josh was saying, I recently started growing my TikTok account. So it's Becca underscore A underscore Hadley, but it's an account where I'm teaching other people graphic design. So I guess it kind of circles back to my 
early education of I do like to teach people and see other people's growth and success and development. And so that's one thing that's really filled my cup on the side. You know, I think obviously Josh and I really find education and work and things a hobby, really. <laughs> and so that kind of has been my hobby is growing that account um, and looking forward to launching a course, which will be really exciting. So people can find you on the podcast, on TikTok, and tell us your website or where people can shop for Hadley Designs products. For Hadley Designs, go to amazon.com slash Hadley Designs, H-A-D-L-E-Y Designs. And then for the podcast, it's called Ecom Breakthrough. There is a website. You could go to the website and listen to the episodes there. It's also on all the major podcasting platforms. So Ecom with two M's, Breakthrough. And then Becca is on TikTok. Becca underscore A underscore Hadley. Awesome. So many great places to connect. I'm so happy that we got to connect today. Josh and Becca, thank you so much for taking the time for joining us today. Thank you, Francis. Yes, thank you for having us. It was so much fun. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining us for this episode of the Eccles Business Buzz podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and invite a friend to tune in too. We'll be back in two weeks with another discussion about curiosity, and I hope you'll join me then. Until then, you can follow us on Instagram at Eccles Alumni for all the latest news from your Eccles Alumni Network.